I love Christmas music. How about you? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. You know, Christmas season, I think, has become a very uh, stressful time of the year. You know, the expectations are really high. The demands, well, they're unrelenting. And I think you can get uh, so focused on so many things that are going on that you can get pulled in all these different directions that it's really easy to miss the wonder of Christmas. You know, sometimes when I just take a breath and I really think about what Christmas is all about, I find myself wondering, when did we lose the wonder? You know, when did we lose the the joy? And I think part of the issue has to do with focus. And so I want to ask you today, what are you focusing on this Christmas? You know, behold, the king has come, the Savior's born. You know, that's what we're celebrating this season. You know, when the, the focus is right, I believe it leads you to worship and joy. Oh, come let us adore him. You know, it, it just rests in your heart. Oh, come let us adore him. You know, it's Christ the Lord. You know, the, the king has come. And so I wonder, did, did you worship today? Do you recognize him? Do you adore him? And today what I want to do is kind of unwrap the Christmas season. And I want to do that because I don't want us to miss the joy. Again, where is your focus this Christmas? In fact, a more poignant, maybe defining question is, are you looking for Jesus today. You know, Christmas, it's a week away. Things are in full swing, and it would seem impossible to miss Christmas. You know, the fact is businesses, neighborhoods are being transformed. Uh, you have that visual reminder, don't you? You know, the declarations, the, the uh, lights, the, the colors. Sometimes I'll, I'll be driving and I'll see a house that's all decorated, kind of catches my eye, and I'll slow down and just take it in. I take in the beauty of it. There are other times I'm looking going, what were they thinking, you know? <laughs> yeah, I bet they're related to the Griswolds or something like that. But you not only have the, the visual things, but the sounds of Christmas, right? You, you hear the bells ringing, you hear Christmas music. I mean, it's everywhere. It's in the stores, it's on the radio. It, the fact is, you hear it in the elevators. I was in the hospital, uh, a few, this is a few years ago, but I, I heard Grandma got ran over by a reindeer. And I thought it was pretty funny, because I'm thinking, oh, I wonder if she's here, you know? <laughs> it's like, Christmas is in the air. Even your taste buds are reminded, yes? You know, fruitcake, candy canes, sugar cookies, no icing, you know. But I love the foods of Christmas. And then there's the gifts, right? Making a list, checking it twice, wrapping presents, filling stockings. 
all reminders that it's Christmas. You can't miss it. You know, we're in this series, uh, Unwrapping Christmas, and I said that uh, it felt like it was fitting that every week we would unwrap a gift each week and, uh, you know, just to kind of be a part of it. How many of you remember the show, Let's Make a Deal? All right, all right. So you remember everybody in the audience, they would dress up and just very unusual stuff, a Statue of Liberty, a hamburger, a caveman, and then the crowd would go crazy, and they would try and get Monty Hall, or if you're younger, you Wayne Brady in the reboot, but so they would go crazy. So today I was watching you all come in, some of you are dressed bizarre, and I thought, Okay, this is your chance to get my attention for this. And I think it's a cool gift, personally. But uh, anyway, so whoever gets my attention the best, it's yours. It's yours. <laughs> oh, my. All right, I'm trying. Wait. Wow, we've got, we got it going. Give me it one more time, one more time, because we enjoy it. <laughs> All right, Debbie, is that you over there? I am, I am, I'm very surprised, because you're usually kind of subdued. We should do this more often. So, yeah, well, come up here. Yeah, I am, I am, I am I'm utterly shocked because I was upstairs looking down. And I'm like, okay, who's willing to make a fool of themselves? And, and uh, <laughs> so you got you to gotta open it. You can open it here. You can open it over there. You're going to go, oh, see, now we've retreated. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I was like, okay. Uh, and uh, so now you want to know, was I one of them he thought would act foolish? But um, yeah. So, all right, we're just going to wait. We're all going to watch you. Everybody look at her. Yeah. It's a box and a box and a box. <laughs> She's hard to please. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Ron, Ron, there's a seat over here if you're going to need it, so, yeah. <laughs> ah, there we go, Yeti, Yeti cups. Uh. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, I want to unwrap the Christmas story now. You know, every year when I read the Christmas story and I make it a habit of reading through it each day, and uh, I always find myself just wondering, you know, I, I get caught up in the story and I wonder, you know, if I had been around that first Christmas, I wonder what I've been doing. I wonder if I would have missed what was going on and missed that first Christmas. And so I thought what we would do is look at some of the people in the Christmas story. And my hope is that by us looking at them that it might help us kind of uh, unwrap the clutter. 
and all the distractions so that we don't miss Christmas. And we'd actually remember, and it seems cliche, but we'd remember the reason for the season, you know? The, the innkeeper, a little trivia, what was the name of the innkeeper in the story? Huh? It wasn't Tom Bodette. <laughs> yeah, he didn't, because he didn't leave light on. And if you're young and you don't understand that, just turn to somebody older and go, what's he talking about? But, you know, Scripture does not mention an innkeeper. There's only an inference that we kind of jump to the fact that there must have been an innkeeper. It says, and, and she brought forth her son, her firstborn son, wrapped him in swaddling clothes, laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. You know, how, how did Mary and Joseph find out there was no room for them? We do not know. You know, did, did the innkeeper tell them? Don't know. I mean, maybe, maybe the innkeeper wasn't even on duty that day. You know, maybe he was so consumed with all the work that had to be done taking care of guests that he just wasn't available. What we know is from history that the inn or the hotel business would have been booming because Caesar Augustus decided that he would have a census which was going to require everybody to return to their hometown. And, you know, wherever they were born, they were to, to go back there. This meant people were traveling. And my guess is, because I think people then and today are about the same, they probably were charging peak rates. They doubled everything, you know. Bethlehem was not a popular tourist town, all right? It's off the beaten path. It was a little out-of-the-way town, the hill country of Judea. And so this little tiny town is about to have thousands of people pour into it. And so this is my guess, they did not have the infrastructure. They could not handle the influx of people that was gonna to come to town. We know that Mary and Joseph, we know why they're in town, right? The census. We, we know there was no room for them in the inn, probably because all the rooms were rented out, they weren't available, and so maybe the innkeeper turned off the light, so to speak. Maybe put up a sign, no vacancies. Maybe just didn't answer the door that day. You know, maybe in Jerusalem, buying Hanukkah presents. Maybe he was apologetic. Maybe he was uncaring. Just go, get out of here. I don't, don't have a place for you. Maybe... When Mary and Joseph arrived, the innkeeper looked, saw she was pregnant, kind of assessed things, and simply refused to rent him a room. We do not know. All we know is there was no room in the inn for them. And I've always wondered if the innkeeper ever realized what he missed. If he was kind of regretful for not making room for them that night. You know, maybe, maybe the innkeeper 
when he was assessing things, he did figure it out at some point. He figured out what had taken place, and maybe he capitalized on it. You know, used it as an opportunity. He came up with a whole uh, marketing campaign. You know, Bethlehem Inn, the birthplace of Jesus. If our stables are fit for a king, just imagine what our rooms are like, you know. That'd work, wouldn't it? I wonder how many of you will miss Christmas this year. I mean, how many of you will get so busy doing things that you just miss it? You know, sending cards and decorating and buying gifts and wrapping presents and baking cookies and attending parties and preparing dinner. You just get exhausted. You get so busy, so distracted, so overwhelmed that you don't make room for the Savior. I often wonder if the innkeeper could have seen the future. Would he have invited them maybe to, hey, why don't you stay in my house with me? You know, would, would he have asked somebody to leave, you know, give up the reservation? And I know some of you are thinking, well, I got some relatives. I would have made room for them and just asked my relatives to leave. That would have been great, you know, make room for the Savior. But, friends, I'd encourage you this Christmas to just make some decisions about what's in, what's out. You know, what needs to go this next week in order for you to make room for Jesus? And here's an important question. What are you expecting this Christmas? Because what I have found in life is unrealistic expectations can make you miss Christmas. You know, finding the perfect gift for the perfect price can drive you mad. You know, having, having the perfect meal with the perfect family. And by the way, good luck with that one. Yeah. If you think this Christmas is going to be perfect, well, think again. The, the fact is, I think that mentality sets you up. Because Christmas is anything but perfect. In fact, Christmas is about a God reaching down to imperfect people in an imperfect world in a perfect way with the Savior. I mean, what are you expecting this Christmas? What are you looking for this Christmas? What are you preparing for? Are you looking for Jesus this Christmas? And if you are looking for him, where are you looking for him these days? You know, there, there's, we're a few people we know in Scripture that were looking for Jesus that first Christmas, the, the Magi or, or wise men, according to what your uh, background is, they're the same thing. You know, the Magi, they, they traveled to Jerusalem. It's the epicenter of religion and the faith. And so they, they get there, and Scripture says, in the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem, asking, where's the child who's been born king of the Jews? 
For we observed his star in the east and have come to pay homage or worship him. They asked King Herod, they said, where can we find the Savior, the Messiah, the King of the Jews, so that they could worship? King Herod had no expectations. In fact, he's clueless. He's like, what? There was a king born? And when he hears the news, he is immediately interested in this because he's concerned about his own kingdom is why he's interested. He's worried about how is this going to affect me and my power and my stuff, you know. He wasn't really interested in what was happening. He wasn't interested in really helping the Magi. He was worried about protecting his stuff. He calls the religious leaders, and that day he gets the scribes and the Pharisees. He says, you know, where is this king? And I find it interesting because the, the religious leaders who've been waiting for thousands of years for the Messiah. I mean, they've been waiting and waiting and waiting. They have to go do a little research to find the answer. They come back, they say, oh, the prophet Micah says that the Messiah will be born in Bethlehem. And so the religious leaders who have devoted their lives to serving God, they, they inform Herod, they, they tell, him, tell him the news, and this is the part that gets me. Not one of the religious leaders show up at the birth of Jesus. It is mind-blowing to me. You, you would have thought at least one would have, out of curiosity, said, yeah, I'm going to go make the trip, uh, you know, find out what happened. I mean, it was a five-mile trip. Jerusalem to Bethlehem, not very far. They miss the most profound moment in history. They miss it. I guess it wasn't what they were expecting. You know, maybe they were expecting a, a political leader to rise up. Maybe they thought that God would have this grand entrance and would arrive with power and might, so much so that it would bring everybody to their knees in that moment. But they, they just end up waiting and waiting and waiting for a Savior, and because it didn't fit what they thought, they miss it. They just miss it. The Magi, though, they immediately head to Bethlehem. They're going to find the Savior. They want to see. I think it's one of the most poignant accounts where you have the Magi. These are secular magicians, all right? They've been studying the stars, and they realize something really significant has happened. And so they just start following the star. They don't even know where it's taking them or what it's about. The Bible does not indicate if everybody saw the star. Maybe, see, I've thought about this. Maybe the Magi had like special equipment. You know, they were kind of like forerunners to Galileo. And maybe they saw it. Maybe it was a custom-made star. Maybe only the Magi were able to see it. We do not know. 
What we do know is that the Magi came from the east, the far east, Persia, probably uh, they were probably Iranian. The Magi were a combination of astrologer, scientist, doctor, and philosopher. And they traveled months, possibly, possibly years, before they found the Savior. What are you looking for this Christmas? Are you looking for the Savior? Are you looking for Jesus? And some of you are going, well, you know, I, I know the Christmas story, and I know the Bible, and I, and I go to church, and that's fine, and that's good, but do you know Jesus? Are you looking for Jesus? Where are your feet taking you this Christmas? Where are you heading this Christmas? You know, when I think about the, the first Christmas, it was just a mess, I mean, it's messy, and we focused on this last week, so I don't want to spend much time with this part. But the, the fact is, it was not what Mary and Joseph had planned when they got engaged. They, it was probably exciting at first, you know, telling family, hey, we got engaged. You know, they had engagement parties. They're preparing for the wedding. They're picking stuff out, and then it got messy. It got messy. You know, an unplanned pregnancy public humiliation, and then the inconvenience of Caesar Augustus going, hey, you got to make a trip back to your hometown, 90-mile trip, pregnant woman, plus nine months pregnant, waiting, riding on the back of a donkey, you do the math, what that trip was like, you know, it was a miserable journey. And then they get there, there's no room for them in an inn. It leads to this unconventional birth in a stable. It was difficult, it was messy, it wasn't what they planned. And then I think Mary and Joseph could have missed the beauty of it and the wonder of it if they hadn't focused on God. But they, they focused on God. You ever notice how little things They'll make you miss Christmas. You know, little, little things that, that happen, they don't go the way you planned. You know, family, you try and plan your family get-together, it gets complicated, right? The older kids get, the more complicated it gets. The, the courier knives, you know, a Martha Stewart-type Christmas that you want and that you plan. Well, it looks more like uh, Homer Simpson at the, at the rent home there, you know. It's a mess sometimes. You know, lights burn out. Ornaments get broken. You may not find the perfect gift. Family dinners, never perfect. Either the rolls don't raise, the meat's too dry. You, you, you just don't know. People get sick. You know, people will be late. You go 12 o'clock, 12 o'clock, 12 o'clock, and they show up late. Or they don't show up at all. People show up, you don't want to show up. <laughs> Hadn't thought of that one, had you? <laughs> My point is, Christmas can get really messy, can't it? You know, somebody says something they shouldn't. Imagine that happening, you know. And I know as you, I say that, some of you are going, yeah, but that's, that's a big exaggeration. 
Here's my point. Those kind of things create a little tension. Well, then you throw in a little relational conflict, some hurt feelings, you know, a little disappointment, and I think it's really easy to miss Christmas when that happens. And then there's the major things that happen that can make you miss everything. I also think the major things bring perspective to these little things. You know, for some of you, it's been a tough year. For some of you, it's a lot of financial stress right now. You know, maybe you lost a job. You know, maybe, maybe you lost your home. Maybe you're dealing with a serious illness in life. Maybe, maybe your relationship went south, and so you're going to spend Christmas alone this year. Maybe you lost a loved one, and you're not sure how you're going to get through Christmas. Christmas will be tough. But hear this. Do not miss it. You need Jesus. You need to find Jesus this Christmas. I mean, who who didn't miss the first Christmas? Well, the shepherds. The shepherds, they're out watching their flocks by night. An angel appears in the sky. It says, but the angel said to them, do not be afraid. For see, I'm bringing you good news of great joy. For all the people to you is born this day in the city of David, a Savior who's the Messiah, the Lord. Why did the shepherds get to experience that first Christmas? This is my thought, okay? It's not really in Scripture, but but I think the reason the shepherds were so tuned in was because they weren't busy. They weren't trying to rush here and there. They were just still, and God could speak to them. Friends, sometimes I think you just got to slow down. Just slow down for a moment. Anybody busy right now? Come on, let me see. Let me see. Anybody busy? All right. Everybody look for people that don't have their hands up and see if they can help you out, you know. I mean, there's parties, there's shopping, there's traveling, there's cleaning, there's decorating, there's wrapping, there's cooking. Should I keep going? (laughs) Maybe God's trying to get your attention, but he can't because you're just too busy. In fact, the evil one wants to get you so busy that not only do you miss Christmas, He wants to get you so involved in making a living and keeping things going that you miss God totally in your life. That's that's his plan. And just a little challenge today. Take a breath. Take a few minutes this Christmas season. Spend a little time each day. Carve out a little bit of time and just spend it alone with God. Let me define that. No TV. No phones, no screens, nothing, just you and God. I mean, maybe go outside, you know, that, go outside at night. When was the last time you just went out and just admired the stars? Looked up to heaven and make yourself available to God. Just, God, I'm listening. You know, what do, what do you want to say to me this Christmas, Lord?
Friends, if you take that step sincerely, okay, open your heart, open your mind, I promise you, God will speak to you. Maybe not a voice, okay, but God will speak to you. He'll speak to your heart if you seek him. I guarantee you that. Mary and Joseph didn't miss the first Christmas. They could have. They, they could have gotten so lost in the chaos of their lives, so frustrated, you know, so sidetracked by everything that was going on. In fact, they could have called it quits and just broke from God's plan and go, yeah, I'm out. I can't do this. But they didn't. They let God guide them. And in fact, I think that's what when Luke was writing the gospel, he was trying to clue us in when he wrote this. He says, but Mary treasured all these things and pondered them in her heart. She let it go over and over in her heart and in her mind. See, Mary, Mary trusted God. Mary did not fully understand the significance of what God was doing. But she was open to the possibility. And she kept her eyes on God throughout. They just focused there. Watching, saying, okay, God, what are you going to do? Sometimes you've got to keep your eyes on God. You've got to just focus there so that God can speak to you in your life. Christmas, it gets so complicated, doesn't it? You know, just trying to figure it out. And I know sometimes you, you don't know what you're looking for. But you got to remember who you need to look to in your life. I think it must have been incredible when, when the shepherds started showing up. You know, they make their way to see Jesus, and they, they explain how they found out about it. Can you imagine that conversation? Well, we were out in our fields, and, and angels showed up in heaven, and they started singing and telling us, what a story, it's amazing. And when the, the magi finally show up, no preconceived notion on their part. They, they probably had never read the, the Old Testament. They were just open to God. They sought truth. And they saw a star and they said, something's happened, we gotta, we gotta go. And they find Jesus. And I am absolutely sure, because this is a small town. How many of you have lived in a small town? All right, so small town, these very unusual guys show up in town. They would have stood out. People would have noticed. They would have talked in that town. Do you see the weird guys that showed up in town? Yeah, they're dressed, they're dressed way different than us. Town's talking. And I wonder how many of those people, when they heard that those magi were there to see Jesus, I wonder how many of those people in town, like, we ought to go check that out. Just out of curiosity, let's see. And I wonder how many of them, when they looked on Jesus, 
they realized that he was the promised one. The Savior had come. It says as soon as the wise men arrived, they saw him and his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. They unpacked their satchels and gave Jesus gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Once you encounter Jesus, once you encounter the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the Messiah, the Savior, friends, once you know Jesus personally, you worship. You worship. It changes you inside. You know, when you find Jesus, you cannot miss Christmas. You know, when you find Jesus in your life, it changes your life. It changes absolutely everything. You know, Christmas, it's a stressful time. Expectations are sky high. Demands unrelenting. It is pressure packed for sure. But just a suggestion this week. Don't try and do more than you can do. Set aside some time for God, even if it's just a few minutes. And remember this, all right? Spending time with your friends and family is more important than the time schedule, the dinner, or all that little stuff that you're fretting about. Christmas is messy. Things will not go as you planned. You know, you're going to go to the store, the lines are going to be long. You may not find the gift that you thought you were going to get. It may not show up at your doorstep. You may get a really ugly sweater, all right? Something you don't want. You go, what were they thinking? And my point is, more than likely... Stuff's going to go wrong. But if you look for Jesus, you will find him. You will find him. God shows up in the chaos, in the problems, in the hustle and bustle. And God's waiting for you this Christmas. Every Christmas, every day, actually. Let's bow in a word of prayer together. Our holy God, I know Christmas Day is just a week away. But God, I pray that uh, every person here, every family, would just take a breath, center themselves on you, Lord on Jesus, the Savior, the Messiah, the promised one. God, I know we get doing all kinds of stuff, going all kinds of directions. But God, I pray that we'd search for you. God, I thank you that you loved us that much. And God, I pray that your Holy Spirit would just breathe joy and wonderment into every heart and every mind. 
God, may we keep our thoughts centered on Jesus. We praise you, Lord, and we thank you this day. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. God's people said, let's stand and continue in worship together.